Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Uplift Podcast with your host, Nathan Beeler. give a huge shout out out to John Calvin Chance and Trey Cornwell in the Steadfast Devotion podcast. They are doing an amazing job over there. You should definitely go check them out. Have a listen. It is absolute fire. Today's episode I have with me, John Calvin Chance. What is up, Nathan? I am so glad to get you on here because I knew that when you guys started your podcast and I started mine, that there would be some collaboration, obviously. Um, I'm going to be doing a five minutes of fire, if I'm not mistaken, That's at right. some point in time. We'll get you on, I think, our very soon, honestly. And yeah, just holler at me whenever. Yeah. Um, I know it's not going to take very long. This is going to be a more in-depth yeah. going over what you've gone through as your testimony yeah. to be able to give you a chance to really open up about a lot of the stuff you were going through and some of the feelings that you had that maybe you haven't been able to express in, in another setting. Yeah, well, um, definitely know my testimony has been an impact in my life for sure because I, Trey and I just finished actually a episode with Brother Bankins and we talked about uh, the power of a testimony mm. and uh, it shows that um, we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and our testimony is so powerful and um, I know that what I went through for uh, a good part of my life was uh, I, 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 rec- I, I I actually will say what like Brother Bacon said. I don't want anybody to go through what I went through because mm. no one wants to go through your testimony. You God puts you through that testimony for a reason exactly. and for a season. And you don't want your testimony to be the same as other people because um, it's a it's it, it can be a struggle, but. Um, I remind myself of Jeremiah seventeen seven. It says, "Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in Him." And I'm very paraphrasing that. I would say that, and my my testimony was really on the fact of trusting God. Um, at a young age, God, I knew God called me to the ministry. Um, I remember at uh, Arkansas Crusaders camp, I was probably about eight years old, mm. and um, I. I was I, I can I can tell you the exact same place the the day um, how hot it was in that tabernacle in Redford Arkansas and uh, the, I don't know if anybody from Arkansas listens but bro <laughs> dude it was back in the day where uh, they had uh, wood uh, pews bro crazy but I remember being in the front row God uh, changed my life. I received the gift of the Holy Ghost on that camp. And after that moment, I knew God was like, I was like, I'm going to do everything for God. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was, uh, I think around that time, we were, we were, he was pastoring in uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas. And um, we had a ministry going around, you know, if, I mean, you know my dad, my dad, oh, yeah. to, he, he, he's on to do everything, bro. When there's something new, he's ready to jump on it. Really quick. Yeah. Speaking of your dad and how, you know, I do know who he is. Yeah. He was a very pivotal part of my life while he was here mm. at in Wichita. Yeah. I remember going to him with a lot of 
problems and issues and, and stuff like that. But he is a very wise, oh, yeah. <laughs> very wise man. And I, I watch him do the Wednesday night stuff oh, yeah. on Facebook. And I think he, he's got something to say. Definitely. And it's like, I, and I think that I'll put that like with this testimony, it's you got to have a man of God in your life. Absolutely. And, uh, I call it an anchor. Yeah, really it is. They, they're the they're the ones that are guiding you. They're the she- they're that shepherd that leading you to your to the pathway. They're the one that's leading you to the promised land. They are they have they're listening to the voice of God. And sometimes when you're confused or you don't know why something's going on, there's your pastor is there. He's there to guide you. Absolutely. And, um, I to continue. Um, I do. I did everything. I feel like I did everything. I was a uh, I ran children's ministry. I taught classes at a super young age. Did bus ministry. Uh, I the my mentor at the time, David Ramsey and uh, Kim Ramsey, uh, put in, implemented into me that there's so many lost souls, and it doesn't matter what color they are, what ethnicity, how they look, what their background is. They are a lost soul. Amen. And I remember going Saturdays, go, we're called blitzing, and we'll go into these like uh, poor neighborhoods in John Crow and uh, just like pass out these flyers. Hey, we're having service tonight on uh, Top of the Hill tonight, it's Saturday. You should come. And we'll see, you know, like these kids, like 100, you know, 150, 100, you know, like people from the whole neighborhood would come in and we'll get the Holy Ghost. And like you see, like the outpouring of God's presence just flood at a ground, you know, green space in the projects. And, um, I knew God had something in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I knew it ever, ever since that moment at Arkansas camp, God called me to do something. And then at, Ar- at uh, Arkansas junior camp, uh, a few years later, uh, God really pivoted my moment, my time at that spot. I remember, dude, like, I don't know why, just when, you know, when God hits you, you remember those days. Absolutely. Like, you can, like, point, pinpoint that moment when God comes to you. And I remember that, that moment, uh, which is, everything's culminating to that, that night. Um, It was uh, about 2000, I think it was June 2011. Mm -hmm. And God told me, I called you called you to reach these people and you served me you in like i remember in my mind seeing him going to the cross blood shed beaten bruised going to that cross to die for me mm-hmm. and now i am now a conduit to go out and say, I know somebody. You might go through your situation. You might go through your storm, but I know the answer to that storm. I know the peace to that storm. To every storm. To every storm. And I I felt a burden in my life to do more for God. And um, that's June 2011. And... Um, my life was, dude, I'll tell you this. I, I feel like I had everything together, bro. I really did. I, Looking back now, I was probably one of, one of the most uh, brightest kids 
a PK. I mean, if you know a PK out there, they can get prideful. They can get, you know, I'm not a PK myself, yeah. but I've seen yeah. many, many PKs, PKs and I've yeah. grown up with a lot of PKs. And it seems like the story that I keep hearing from that perspective yeah. is the beginning you feel untouchable. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like you could, you have everything in the palm of your hands. Right. And um, like you did, I I knew that I didn't earn it. You're right, but I I I had the way of like, oh, I can grab, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. You know, like my dad's a pastor of the church. You can't mess with me. I mean, like you kind of put yourself in, you know, that way, untouchable. And um, I did not know that. God was going to change my life after June. Being this prideful kid, being this spoiled brat, God blessing us for sure, but I didn't understand the blessings. I didn't understand why he was giving this to me. I I just took it all for granted. And I come here to come here with y'all. I come here every summer. I, I don't know if y'all, I mean, I'll come here two weeks out oh, yeah. of the year. And uh, We all know when you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, no one liked me. No, <laughs> but uh, I remember coming in. Uh, it was like two weeks, and uh, North American Youth Calendars yeah. 2011. That was in Columbus. Was that year? And all I knew was I'm gonna come to Wichita for two two weeks. I'm going to you know have fun, live my best life, eat my grandma's cooking, you know, get fat for two weeks, and then go back home. And go to North American Youth Congress with all my buddies, all my friends. And that was June was the junior camp, July when I went to Wichita. And around that time, I didn't expect what was about to happen. It was actually June 30th because it was the week of 4th of July. Okay. June 30th, I remember. Um, my aunt Vanessa Uncle Scott invited me to go with them to Bradley Fair and um, go check these fireworks out, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, totally, you know, living, you know, this 13-year-old. No yeah, man, I'm like, oh, this is awesome, bro. I'm 13 years old, got nothing to deal with. I can listen to jazz music, whatever, <laughs> see fireworks blow up, um, have fun. And we get to Bradley Fair and... I get a phone call from my parents, especially I think it was my dad that was answering or called me. And something was different. My uncle, aunt, told uh, Sophia Logan, hey, go and go down. I think my aunt took him down when my uncle Scott was there. And um, I was on the phone with my mom, dad, and Say, hey, what's up? What's going on? And my dad's just like, everything's good. Everything's fine. And I hear my mom crying in the back. And, I mean, you know, if you hear your mom crying, there's something wrong going on. And I was like, hey, what's going on? What's, what's, what's everything okay? And my dad started to cry. And I literally thought that, like, somebody died. Like, I really did. I thought, something like, somebody died. You know, I have to get back, you know, get back home. Would, yeah, that would be immediately what he thought. Yeah, exactly. And my my dad's like, hey, we're here at the, the mall here. And uh, I just want to let y'all know, 
uh, as a family, even though you're in Wichita, I resigned at Calvary. Oh, wow. And um, due to some circumstances, I don't want to get into details, sure. but he said, with the situation that we're going through, I resigned fully and we're going to go to uh, full-time evangelism. My dad never wanted to be a Evangelist. My dad would tell if anybody goes to him, say, "Hey, I want to go evangelize." My dad said, "You're going to go through the hardest time of your life." Yeah, and I think every evangelist, every evangelist that's ever been, yeah. will tell you it's the hardest. You will sacrifice so much. Not only finances, but you will sacrifice for your family. And you will sacrifice for your own mental, your own personal, personal self. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, okay, you know. And I remember when I saw that, I, I mean, I said, okay, yeah, yeah. But inside of me, everything broke. Mm. All my friends that I knew, gone. All the family that I had, that I considered family, mm -hmm. were gone. Uh, I questioned some, so many things about, uh, not my salvation or anything like that, or not my, uh, where I believe. I question the the act of why God did this. Okay. And I was like, why did you do this, God? I know you called my family here. I know you've done these things. And but why why this? And I got to the point where there was so much bitterness in my heart and so much unforgiveness of the people that offended my family, of uh, the people that I was just why? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I remember later in, we go Bradley Fair, and I'm just quiet for myself. First time, I think I started to become quiet in my, where I, like, you know, I was very talkative, I was very active, but spiritually, I've become secluded, and I locked myself in, and I isolated myself. And I, you know, Walked with my grand, my, my grandparents, my my aunt, uncle, my cousins, still with a smile on my face, and still with going through it. But I was masking what was inside. Yeah. And I did. I told them, I don't get why that happened, or I don't know why they, you know, why they made this decision, or something like that. But I lived the life just going through the motions, and I put a mask over myself. And I go to. Um, that was July, beginning of July. When you were going but, through those feelings, when you were going through trying to hide yeah. the disappointment mm -hmm. and the fear and the, and, the, and the confusion about what was happening, what was one of the things that you wish you could have done then, looking back on it now, mm -hmm. that you okay. are telling, like, if you could go back and tell my, myself, yourself, I hate to know self from yeah. now. Everything's go good. do this because you need to get out of this funk. First of all, I'll tell my myself, I'll say everything's gonna be okay. Because I was such in a haze and a, I felt like I was just going through a wilderness that was all fog. Hmm. And I would probably tell myself, don't worry. For this season, it's just temporary. And trust in God. Read that's, your Bible. That's good. 
and pray. Because there's a lot of people who yeah. are going through. Yeah. Especially let's put now, like with the COVID and stuff. Especially I'm, now. Like, like, depression is such a huge oh, yeah. thing right now that with, with kids mm-hmm. that are 13 and 14 and 15 that can't yeah. socialize the same way mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. they've been able to for the last. Their whole cultural, their culture, their worldview got shifted and um, become to the point of isolating. Mm-hmm. And when you isolate yourself, you are not just isolating yourself from your family and your friends, but you will put yourself to isolating yourself from God. And you will get yourself into a moment that you will uh, you will close your heart and let nothing come to you. But the only way that God gets to you is to your heart. Mm-hmm. From what the, the, the desires of the heart, the mouth speaks. But if you isolate yourself and say nothing, then there's no way you can get to yourself. And you will get to yourself. Anxiety comes through isolation. Depression comes through isolation. Masking yourself comes through isolation. You, you'll be surprised of how many people that we know that put a mask on themselves every day because they don't want everybody to know their problems. They don't want... They, they don't want... Yeah, speaking from someone... Uh, I'm not I'm not an, an introvert in the yeah. slightest. Um I consider myself an extrovert. I like yeah. to get along with people. I like to talk to people. I like mm. to figure out, you know, how people work. One thing I've noticed is with that type of mentality and attitude towards other people, they yeah. open up more. Mm. And the feedback that I get from people who consider themselves to be introverts, yeah. people who quickly can fall into depression, is they don't they don't feel like they should say anything because it might burden yeah That's someone what, else. Yeah. Was it uh? Um, Lord, I can't even think of that. So confess, confess to one another. Mm, uh, yes, and that's the there. The people that love you, no matter what you're going through, will help you. Absolutely. You you find the right. I mean, you in my in my situation that I went to, I had no trust with anybody because what I went through, I could trust. Literally, I and I dealt with that for a very long time of not trusting people. Especially if I was going to a ministry or if I felt like God called me to somewhere, I would not trust somebody that was going the same path as me because I was afraid that they will try to tear me down. Mm. But it's not that's not what the church is built for. No. The church is to edify from the spirit and then to or to edify, unify with the spirit and to edify each other. It doesn't matter who you are, we are the body of Christ. I am a I am just a just a I could be a finger into the body. Sure. But to know that Christ is the head and he knows everything and that he is the one that I look up to for he's above me. He is through me. That's what we have to look at. It's I can't I can't be competitive with all my brothers. I can't be, you know, because I want to see them succeed as much as I want to see my walk with God to succeed. Greater, honestly. And you talk about competitiveness when you're talking about being a member of the body. Yeah. you The finger can't compete with, with the toe. Honestly, the yeah. The finger can't compete with the knee because right. the finger has a different job than the knee. Yeah. The finger exactly. has a different job than the toe. And the finger can reach yeah. where the toe can't. But you know what uh, works? Every part of the body all together is the head. Is the head exactly? 
and directing. Breathe, as long as the breathing. head is directing, yeah. If the finger tries to go by himself, he's not going to get very going, far. Yeah, exactly. But the head is what is the brain. Absolutely. The, the the synopsis, the the neurons that are connected to the brain, which moves the fingers. Exactly. Which moves the toes. Which moves the eyes. We should not be jealous of other people's ministries, because. Our ministry will be insignificant if we don't have the head exactly. directing it. You will go to a point of failure when you don't have the brain working. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen heart failure happen? Heart failure happens because the brain is not connected to the heart. There is a moment where there is no neurons coming to the head. And where you think that, oh, my, I got a bicep, man. My bicep is strong. But if the neurons are not connected to the bicep, the bicep will never work. And the bicep is useless. It's useless. It can be the biggest bicep mm. in the world, and yeah. it, it has nothing to do if yeah. the head's not telling it. Exactly. Right. Come on. And so I think that's, I, I went through that where I had a lot of trust issues. I had a lot of problems talking with people about my own, my own problems. I isolated myself. I hardened my heart. And that was in in August. I remember going to North American Youth Congress, and I didn't go with my church. I actually went with FPC. You went with a different mentality. I went with a different, yeah, and I went with a different mentality. And um, what I could have, I'll put this: what I could have got with probably that youth group would have been completely different than what I got now. Right. Because I went through a season that I would never expect it. And I had people, this church became a safe haven for me in my time of trial, in my time of storms. It became a safe haven because I knew that people that were in this church was not here for, uh, at the, I don't, I mean, at the time when I came here was not about, you know, notoriety. It was not about that. I mean, of course, we'll have people that, you know, come in and out, but the majority of people that I knew that went to, to North American Youth Congress would, for one reason, mm-hmm. was to seek Jesus. And I remember going to North American Youth Congress, powerful services. I know Saul was there. We have actually a photo together. It's us and a couple of guys. Yeah. Long. Long and, oh man, a handful of guys. And I remember it was the, I forgot what night it was, but J- Brother Jimmy Choney preaches on We Are Giants. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And... Dude, blew it up, bro. But what was so powerful is that though we fight giants, God is greater than our giants. Oh, absolutely. Then comes the point that we are giants to our adversary. Did it feel like when you're going through that, uh, through those emotions, and you're mm. going through that state of mental? Yeah. Did it feel like that was your giant that you were going to yeah, tackle? Yeah. Oh, for sure, no doubt. I yeah the the anxiety and fear was my giant and I totally saw it bro like I was like that's what I'm going through and I uh, I remember him climbing up the cross and if you find that if you can find that sermon bro that sermon was a powerful sermon I actually watched it a few months ago just going back reminiscing of 2011 and he that was the giant that I was facing. But when God is with you, you can face your giant. I was going to say, what was the stone? Yeah, honestly. Wait, for what was, you, what for you, stone? what was the stone oh, that took man. down the giant? 
prayer. Honestly, I don't know how you can you can't you can't go off and just if you don't pray, you can't build a relationship with God. And that relationship with, with God is what will see you through. Will seek you through. When you are connected with God, He will open things to you. He will surface things to you that you would never expect. But to be consistent and intentional and persistent in your walk with God, and your intention being intentional what you pray for, being consistent of what you pray for, and even in the seasons being persistent, God will answer. I can I, I remind my like of Hannah in first Samuel. She was going through a giant. She had an adversary that provoked her so much to the point of her going to a time of depression. But what she knew to answer her need and to birth a child was to go to the temple and pray and ask a petition to the Lord. Now, I'm, that's going way off the subject <laughs> we're talking about, no, but prayer works. Yeah. And being intentional of what you pray for. You can't, I mean, to me, I, I can't go like, God, Lord, please help me right now for mm. uh, my situation and, you know, being half-hearted with it. Because Hannah went to the temple and prayed so hard that she couldn't even speak. She was in tears. And Eli, the high priest, came to her and said, never seen this before. But knew that she had something that she needed. Mm -hmm. That she was fighting the giant. That she was fighting a spirit that provoked her so hard to the point of not even eating. So... What you would want to tell 13-year-old you yeah. is get down on your knees. Get down on my knees and pray. Ask for that petition. Seek the will of God. Seeking the face of God. Because when you seek after what God wants first. Yes. Everything will align out. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I say continue. Absolutely changed my life. North American Youth Congress changed my life, and I, I, I go every year. And it's uh, I don't go because like oh I want that same feeling of yeah. 2011, but I want to be there so I can I can be a conduit for somebody else that's going through what I went through, and say that going at North American Youth Congress. Yes, it's gonna be fun. Yes, it's gonna be exciting. There's a lot of these cool preachers, but God is there. Oh, the for presence sure. of God is Absolutely. there. Absolutely, you are. You can fight your giant wherever you are. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I know it's weird, but I feel like I'm indebted to North American Youth Congress in a way because it's like, I want to go every year. You're going to call your number here soon. Y'all, hey, hey, I'll give you my number, whatever, bro. But um, well, shout out to them then. Yeah, hey, man. Dude, they, they do an amazing job. So um, that's August. And you get, here's the thing, bro. We all get into this high after a conference. Oh yeah, we all get into a, a spiritual high after campus, but when Monday comes around, that's that devil. He'll try to take you down. It's like oh, all that stuff that you saw at camp, uh, all that stuff you saw at at uh, North American Youth Congress. Yeah, that was cool, but I'm still here. It didn't follow you home. It didn't follow. Yeah, yeah. And what comes to the point where is that my relationship with God does not end at North American Youth Congress, but it has to continue after. North it doesn't American end at the end of church service. doesn't end after the end of church service because we still got to deal with another six days. Exactly. Or if you have Wednesday or midweek service, you know, you got two days, three days after that. You got five days. Well, that you, 
in my situation, I work second shift. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I come on Sundays. Yeah. And that's it. Oh. So I have a lot of time in between mm. of working with people who, <laughs> yeah, who who don't have the Holy Ghost to yeah. say the least. Yeah. So you yeah. still you're you're fine you're fine. Devils like left or right, yeah. bro. It, it, it's hard to re- it's I say it's hard to resist, but it's easy for yeah. me to resist. It yeah. would be hard for someone who isn't in a strong walk with God yeah. on a constant daily basis, persistent, mm-hmm. that yeah. doesn't have that. They would struggle mm-hmm. with fighting against some of the stuff they see on the yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I say you got to be devoted to God outside of Sundays. Absolutely. You cannot be a weekend warrior. That's what brother brother Bacon said in our podcast. You can't be a weekend a war- weekend warrior. Yeah, dude, that's we, good. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm keeping that as a I'm keeping that as a quote, bro. A that's, weekend warrior. That's really good. And you got to press forward on Monday through Saturday. Sunday will lift you up. It's but you got to keep on holding that and pressing forward throughout the week. What happened after you? Not only left youth congress, but when you decide, when you when you finally decide, okay, I'm done being in this funk. I'm done letting this well control what's going yeah. on with me. Well, I'll say I didn't get through. I honestly didn't get through it for another couple months. Mm. Really, it did. Like I can say, after North American Youth Congress, I yes, I felt the presence of God. I knew God was with me, but I still was dealing with it, and I was still angry. I was still bitter. I was still going through anxiety. And about August to, I think I was here until December here in Wichita, um, a very extended two weeks. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I, I went through a moment of depression in my life, uh, or really anxiety, where um, everything around me shifted, culturally shifted, I, new state basically living with my grandparents parents my dad struggling to make a living honestly as an evangelist um so you went from you went from entitled to humble to almost underneath underneath yeah and you, and you never would have thought because that that's something that we can relate to today it's yeah. not just a, a pk thing no it's not i mean look at Something like people have lost their job. They're yeah. going from, I've got everything, got everything that I need. Yeah. But now I've lost my job. Yeah. And I don't know what to do now. I don't yeah. know where to turn. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, where do I go from there? And I, I looked at everything that was going on around me, and the devil. I I was so conformed of that anxiety, and um, I don't. I mean. Very few people know, but I I mask my anxiety when I come to church on Sundays. I looked happy. I looked, you know, oh everything's fine, everything's good. I came on Wednesdays or Friday night youth stuff. Oh, I'm okay. I'm doing great. But inside of me, that anxiety was eating my soul and eating it out to the point of where I felt like I was hopeless. I had no work. That I had no purpose in my life, hmm. and I had suicidal thoughts in my mind. I was going through a time. I, I, I remember, dude. My parents going out to go preach in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I watched this video, bro. I forgot what I think it was some 
old TV show, and like this uh, guy drives off and uh, gets in a car wreck and uh, dies in that car wreck, and those cops go to uh, his mom's house and opens the door and tells her mom, hey, so-and-so died in the car wreck. And my anxiety flared up so hard, like so so fast, mm. that I was like, "Where's my parents? Oh my god, they're they're probably they're driving right now. They're going to hit a car, hit a car. They're going to die. I I need to figure something out." And I went into berserk mode, bro. Only person in the house was my my brother and my my grandma. And my grandma was just like going crazy, like you Brian, you gotta sit down. Whatever you're doing, <laughs> sit down. And I'm running around the house going crazy because I thought seriously thought my parents died in a car wreck because wow. that anxiety filled me up saying that they're dead and i went outside looking up in the sky crying my bawling my eyes out saying god where are you well i need you right now and i couldn't feel anything because i was so and i was so conformed to this anxiety there was moments where i i would have freak out attacks in the middle of the day, bro, and I, don't, I was like, Mom, I don't, I don't know what I'm going through. I, I, I can't go through this. And I would freak out, and I was like, I, I feel like I'm dying. And they'll take, they took me to Wesley Hospital, bro. Wow. And they're like, we got to figure this out. And they're like, they said, there's nothing wrong with it. And, but they didn't know it was my anxiety that was hitting me. And I had a, a ulcer, bro, about, about a quarter, bro. Jeez. Something, it was huge. Of an ulcer in my stomach, bro. A sore from, from, yeah. from all the anxiety. And I just freaked out because I felt like I was hopeless. And I, I'll be serious with you, bro. I had moments where I wanted to just, just end it all. I really did. Where I just wanted to just, no one needs me. No one loves me anymore. My whole family, they, they I think they'll be better off without me. And I remember later in that day, or not day, later in that month, I was, man, I feel old. I got to the point where my brother and I were sleeping in the same bed because we were living upstairs in my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. My parents on the other side of the house. And my brother and I were sleeping in the same bed. And my brother probably was irritated with me, just freaking out. And I would wake up. And I look in front of the bed, and I'll see this, like, mask, bro. Something that just, like, covered in front of me mm. and just, like, provoked me, provoked me and say, you're worth nothing. What are you even doing? You should not even be here. You should stop. And I'll wake up in night terrors, bro, screaming, crying, in tears and pain, knowing that I felt like I had nothing. And one night, after all these weeks of going through this, I ran into my parents' room. And I, I'll tell you, during those weeks, because there was so much fear in me that I was afraid that if I would get out of the bed, whatever was trying to attack me would kill me right there. Mm. And that I can't make it to my parents' house or my parents' room because they are going to attack me or something's going to hurt me. And I... God, I got the guts, bro, just to run over to my parents. And I'm in tears. I'm just crying. I shake my dad. And I'm like, dad, 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 wake up. And he's like, what? What's going on? And he said, 
I'm tired of this. I'm done of this. I don't like. Uh, I I don't get why am I going through this. I I I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm mm-hmm. done. I'm just scared. And he looks at me. Like I said before, your pastor knows what he's got. What he's going to say. Your anchor. He's my anchor. And I don't know what my parents are going through. Also, like you know, they were very. They they hid a lot of things from my my brother and I that they didn't want us to know course because they were just protecting us of course but i know that they were going through stuff i know that they were probably going through the same depression and later now talking with them and actually now the point of reconciliation was going on what went on which took years honestly bro they opened up and said hey this is what what and it opened like i was like oh my gosh we went through all that well and then you look back and you're like like you said you went to your dad yeah and what did your dad tell you? He says, ridiculous, honestly, you can take it out. <laughs> but he says, have you ever considered calling on the name of Jesus? Because if you call upon the name of Jesus, demons fear and demons tremble. Mm-hmm. Which is a shake. The shake. They're so scared of that name. Because that name has so much authority over them mm-hmm. that when they look when Jesus calls them out, they have to run and flee. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Power in the mighty name of Jesus. So you ran to your anchor. I ran to my anchor. Your anchor was going through more than you knew. Yeah. And and I, I would imagine, not from your perspective, but if looking at from the outside, they were probably struggling with a lot more than just the internal struggle that you had. Yeah. And your anchor's able to say... Call upon the name of Jesus. You got you, you. He's telling you what you needed to do exactly. at that moment. At that moment. And I went back to my bedroom, bro. And like I said, I had so much. I was so afraid. I was just scared. I didn't want to do anything. But when I went back to bed, he said, because he said, call upon the name of Jesus, demons tremble. And I just went, okay. Go back to bed, go sleeping. And when that flame of anxiety hit, or that fear came upon me, I was like, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I'm being dead serious with you, bro. Dead serious. I felt such a peace Mm. where I was. I felt so calm with what was going on because. That same Jesus was on a boat with disciples. And when they went through their storm, that same Jesus says, peace be still. And had authority over the winds and the waves. He has authority over your storm. He has authority over every part of your life that is going in chaos. So if you could tell somebody that might be going through their own personal anxiety storm their own personal internal yeah. battles because this testimony podcast isn't just about external problems. Yeah. It's about internal problems internal. that show their faces all the time. Yeah. What would you tell somebody going through an internal struggle with depression, anxiety, or anything like that? What would you tell them that helped you in that moment? Not only calling on the name of Jesus, but what did it look like from your point of view? As far as being able to say, in the name of Jesus, you have to go. Yeah. 
Well, I can tell you, it was very difficult because um, fear will try its best to overtake um, doubt. Doubt. Very much. I don't know how to say it. I called upon the name of Jesus. I think it was because the faith I knew of that mm. name and the power that I knew of that name. To know that I was okay. And the enemy was still trying to provoke me and say that I wasn't. So trust. Trust. You got to trust, in, you gotta trust in yes, the name that you're tru- calling on. Trust. Yeah. It's that trust. It's going to work. Yeah. And the faith that was placed behind it. And to know every, like, I can, I, I to say that everything was okay. I, yeah, I, back with Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man that trusts in the name of, or trusts in the name of the Lord and whose hope is in the that specifically means that if I put all my trust in him, he can work through my problem. He can work through where I'm going through. He can, if I put my hope in it, if I have my expectation of knowing that God has my life, he, he's control of my life, that um, the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my in the Greek, the Lord is my direction and my safety. That's good. Why should I fear? Why yeah. should I be afraid? Because he is the light. He's the path that I walk towards. He's, he's the light that I follow. He, when I'm in a point of, of, of destruction in my life or if I, there's chaos and the enemy is trying to take me down, I know where a strong tower I walk to, where we are safe. And he, it's important to know those things because it's going to happen. Like, yes, you're going to. And I, I speak from knowing someone who goes through yeah. a lot of anxiety. It, it It's going to pop up again. It will. It, it pops up. Like, yeah, for sure. I, I think recognizing those things, mm. because when you when you see that happen, when you call upon the name of Jesus, I, what, there's a, I think there's a passage where it said, like, you know, when when the devils flee, the, they'll be, I think, seven times greater yeah. of what comes back because that enemy will try its best because they know who you are. They know that you're a child of God. They know that you have the Prince of Peace beside you, but that enemy is going to try its best to take you down because they are they, because they know that you got the light. They know that you got the power. And when they come back further, they're going to try to hit your anxiety. They're going to try to hit everything that you got. Hit, hit the physical hit weaknesses. The, yeah, exactly. And so you said recognize, and I think that's a very important yeah. part of a part of being able to quickly get out of an anxiety attack. Yeah. In a depression mode, is recognizing when you're starting to go through it, mm-hmm. and immediately. Going yeah. into a prayer closet and saying, "Exactly, I need to get it. Like I've got to have this now, so that it doesn't affect yeah. the rest of whatever I'm doing." Honestly, yeah, because you can get yourself into a point of uh, when you don't. You, I also, I'll say this: um, you can recognize the the problems that are going, but if you don't take action to what's going on, you're going to get to your back to the same spot that you were before. Exactly, because taking the initiative. Of the problem, it will flare up over and over and over. But knowing that problem and reading your Bible, I there there's so much wealth in the Word of God, for it is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's alive. It is 
so powerful that it's the word of God, the Logos that we read. And your prayer with God, are you connecting with God more? Uh, are you are are you implementing the word of God in your life, in your prayer? And you can tell that you did because yeah. you quoted Jeremiah. Yeah. Because it's something that helped you it through. It helped me through it. Right. Yeah. That, that one scripture stuck with you because oh yeah, I oh. needed this in the moment. But because I'm reading my Bible, I know, yes. okay, this is exactly what exactly. I'm yeah. And I, if anybody's listening to this that feels like, oh, I, this homeboy's been putting out scripture, you know, don't think that I started off reading the whole Bible at, in one just year. Just because you're a PK. P, just because I'm a PK. Yeah. Dude, I, I barely read the Bible when I was a PK. Well, I'm still a PK. But in the in the case, but like I barely read the Bible when I was a young kid. But I took an initiative of myself to say that I need to be more than where I'm at right now. That there's a difference between a Christian that's a in a difference between an effective Christian. Mm. Christian will walk and live through the motions, even in their ministry. Will go through their classes, will go through their, you know, giving out bags, go out to their bus ministry, and go through the motions. Will still fight with the same devils. Not saying that we all fight devils. We all fight devils. But they will go through the same baggage and the same cycle over and over and over. And not them ask, God, where's my breakthrough? Or God, when can I get out of this situation? And you're asking God, when, 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 when? I'm doing all these I'm things. I'm doing all these things, yeah. I'm 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 calling I'm doing your ministry, God, or God, I'm you know, they'll they will they will justify what they're doing by the number of what they're doing. Right. But Jesus specifically doesn't Bring up anything about you got to read this number of chapters. You got to yeah. read, read this and pray this amount of time. You got to go through this. The only thing that he asked when you're in your storm was what Peter says in John chapter or in Matthew 14. When Peter is drowning, suffocating in the in the in the sea. Though he had his eyes on Jesus, he looks back and forth. Oh, Lord, I'm going down. I'm drowning, suffocating. But there was a hand there to pick him up. Yes. Let's even go before that. In that same chapter. He looks out in the storm. And while everybody, and this is, I'll put this is why I say that this is the, this is why I say there's a difference from a Christian to an effective Christian. There might be a different uh, terminology to it. Somebody just come tell me about that. <laughs> but there's a difference from Peter and the disciples. Was that the disciples looked out. And saw that there was a ghost, but Peter saw and said, "That's Jesus." I think the I think the description you look for is lukewarm. Lukewarm Christians, yes, and that their fear of oh my God, there's a that's a ghost. I don't want to. I don't want to do. But Peter knew that was Jesus, right? And he says, "Jesus, if that is you, bid me so come." And the only word that Jesus gets out of his mouth is "come," right? He doesn't say to Peter, hey, you gotta, if you're gonna come to here, Peter, then yeah. uh, you know, read your Bible, you know, read seven chapters. And I'm not and I'm not putting that if you can read seven chapters of the Bible, go for it. You know, 
then have that qual read that quality that you feel like you can do. I'm not bringing that down, but at the same time, don't justify your walk with God by how many chapters that you read or how much stuff or how much stuff you know, because no matter what, it's that that His grace is sufficient. Right. And so, don't not read your Bible. Yes. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Memorize your Bible. Memorize it. But don't count it as a reason why you don't think you are going to go through anything. Yeah. And don't and don't let it be a reason why you continue to relapse, like you're mm. talking about yeah. going over and over. Yeah. The same same demon, same fight all the time. Honestly. Because you can you'll you'll get to a point where if you keep on going through the same cycle, the same cycle, but God's the one that breaks the cycles. Mm-hmm. God's the one that breaks the chains. God's the one that loose the bonds. And if we put our eyes towards him, Hebrews 11, looking, our, looking up to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That means that when I look up to him, the head of the Christ, man, I feel like everything we talked about, bro, it's like <laughs> it's, coming circle. it's coming in circle. That if we look upon the head of the body of Christ, which is Christ himself, wrapped in flesh, God manifested in the flesh. We'll get all the answers. We need. We'll get the answers, and we'll get. Well, we we'll be able to get through what we're going through in the moment. Yeah, this has been absolutely awesome. I don't. There's because there. This is a very important testimony to bring. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that go through things and you don't know. Half the friends you have are probably going through something personal. Yeah, and you would never even know because. Yeah. They don't want anyone else to know. Yeah. So if there's a piece of advice I can impart from anybody going through something in this manner and you don't want to tell somebody else because you feel like it's a burden to them, Mm -hmm. tell them anyway. Tell them. Because the more people that you're able to connect with, especially your anchors, Mm -hmm. they're able to help you through the storm that you're going through. You don't have to go through it alone. I mean, sometimes you do because it's a season you're in. Yeah. But the best thing you can do if you're in this situation is to tell your anchor about what's going on. Yeah. And they, they don't. I, I I don't know why I'm bringing it up because Trey and I's uh, episode of Brother Bangers brought this up. And I'm not trying to be a you no, know, plug or anything about it. But we, we brought the case that finding accountability, mm. that your accountability is there to not only help you through your situation, but they will love you unconditionally because Christ. Through it all. Love this conversation. I want to end with a prayer. Lord God, I thank you for this wonderful episode to be able to be brought with John Calvin. I appreciate everything that he's done in his walk and everything that he's able to bring to the table and allow us to really think about some of the stuff that we're going through and turn it into action. Not stop it just feeling something because he said some nice words or he put it in a way that you can understand the best. But let us take the action of trusting in God, reading his word, and finding out exactly what we're meant to do to be able to get through the storm that we're in. I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful day that we've had. Please be with us as we're walking. Be with us as we're going through our trial, as I know you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, John Calvin, for joining me. Thanks, Nathan. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. This has been the Uplift Podcast, because it is uplifting.